peoples of the worldwide federated internet, what's good? So the last time we were here, we were in the book of Acts chapter seven, and I believe we were on, uh, we stopped at verse four. So we're going to get back to that. And without further ado, let's get into this. So Acts chapter seven, we read verse four. I'll I'll read verse four again, just so we're kind of recapped on what was going on. Uh, Then came he, it's talking about Abraham. Of course, this is Stephen. Stephen is preaching a message to uh, the elders, to the council. Uh, They want to bring him up on charges because in their minds, what, what they've said, what they've lobbed at him is he is blaspheming the, uh, the law of Moses. He's blaspheming uh, against What Moses taught, of course, we know that's not true. They actually have a false understanding of the Old Testament. They don't understand the Lord Jesus Christ is a fulfillment of all these things that was foretold. You know, for instance, the sacrifice, that sacrifice wasn't meant to be uh, continued forever. That sacrifice was a picture of what was to come circumcision circumcision was a picture of the circumcision of the heart these are the things that they did not understand they didn't see these things for what they were they saw these things as you know they instead of seeing these things as pictures of what was to come they saw these things as the actual thing that's the problem that we see here with Uh, the leaders of the time. So he says, then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Sharon from thence. uh, When his father was dead, he removed him into the land wherein he all now dwell. So he left Haran. He went into the land of Israel where the Hebrew people now dwell during this time, of course, occupied by Roman forces. And in verse five, when he gave him none inheritance in it, no, not so much as to set foot on, set his foot on, yet he promised that he would give it to him for possession and to his seed after him, when as yet he had no children. The reason I believe Stephen is is drawing this distinction and drawing these things out like, yo, he told Abraham to do this thing. Abraham didn't even get to see the things that God had proclaimed and showed him. Yo, this is what's going to happen. Abraham didn't see these things. Abraham was moving by faith. This is what Stephen is pointing out. And this is the thing that 
they're not understanding. They're they're not putting two and two together. It it appears as though these people missed that part where the Bible says Abraham believed God and that was counted to him for righteousness. That's that like blew over their heads. That went completely past them. They missed that whole thing. Verse six, and God spake on this wise that his seed should sojourn in a strange land and that they should bring them into bondage and entreat them evil 400 years. Now, I've heard many people have many theories about this 400 years. I can address that maybe at some point in another video. I won't necessarily address that here other than to say this. In my humble opinion, I, I think this is obvious to see. Stephen is talking about the 400 year period that the children of e of Israel spent under the bondage of the Egyptians. And we kind of we know this from the context. You'll see the context where he starts talking about Moses. And, and here's the thing that has gotten me in trouble in my early Christian walk. And I think this same thing gets others in trouble. When you remove a verse from its context to prove a point. Look, I've done that. I, I can't say that I'm free from guilt on that. Even now, I try my best to stay away from this. Verses have context. They mean something in their context. Now, there are times where you can take a verse and even on its own, this verse stands uh, on a certain topic. But you can't lift that verse from its context to try to prove some point that's void of what the verse is actually saying and, and come to any legitimate conclusion, in my humble opinion. So, again, this is dealing with the 400 year period that the children of Israel spent in Egypt and uh, the Egyptians, of course, did them dirty. They did. They did them foul. We know this. You can read through the book of Genesis and uh, the end of the book of Genesis going into Exodus, first couple chapters of Exodus. And you can see where uh, where this happens. Verse seven and the nation to whom they shall be in bondage will uh, will I judge, said God. And after that, shall they come forth and serve me in this place? So, again, it is evident what period this is talking about and what this is talking about. God said, yo, I'm going to uh, pull these people out of that uh, out of that place being Egypt and they're going to serve me in this place. And of course, S Stephen is referring to the place in which they now stand. They're in Judea. So he was like, this is the place that our, our forefathers came into. And this is where they served God. So in verse eight. And he gave him the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham begot Isaac and circumcised him and the eighth day. And Isaac begot Jacob and Jacob begot the 12 patriarchs. So this is um, this is the covenant he established with 
with Abraham and his circumcision. And there's several places in the New Testament you can go to where it explains and expresses that this circumcision, of course, again, is a picture of what was to come. And I believe later on, even in the context of these verses, he goes on to talk about that as well, because this is something that many people just do not like when you look at the Old Testament, you have to think to yourself, why is this here? What is the purpose of this? And especially when you have New Testament verses that reference those Old Testament verses and give you more explanation and context, you begin to unravel these things and break down and see, oh, right. Like the high priest, what would I, were, were the high priest, was that something that was supposed to be a, a continual office as it was set out? Well, no, the Lord Jesus Christ, the great sacrifice is our high priest, right? We can boldly come before the throne of grace. We don't need to go into a temple. We can boldly come into the true holy of holies, come before God, step before his throne and talk directly with God. Again, all of these things, pictures, uh, mere shadows, as the Bible says, of things to come. And this this is the this is the when you when you look at the Bible, this is something I was thinking earlier. We see this as a regular book. Some of us do. Some of us, I believe, see it for what it is. This is the inspired word of God. This is not a regular book. So when I read my Bible, I'm looking for context clues. I'm looking for uh, when was this written? Why was it written? Who's the original audience? What is this reference to? What does this show a picture of if it shows a picture of anything? When the Lord Jesus Christ said, search the scripture for in them, ye think ye have eternal life. They are they which testify of me. Well, clearly there are things in the Old Testament that testify of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, all of these things are not necessarily laid out in black and white, right? It's not like, like some of these things are things that you actually have to give some thought. Again, this is beyond a regular book where you can just read passively and oh, okay, I, I get it. I, I read this verse right here. I understand now. You might miss a lot if that's your approach to the Bible. Let your approach be a more thoughtful approach. Well, again, what is the context? What's the original audience? What's being said? Is this a reference to some thing later on? This is what circumcision is. It's a reference to something that comes later on. Uh, in verse nine, the Bible says, and the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him. Now, I believe there is a specific reason that Stephen is pointing these things out right here, because these people have to reconcile this right now. Again, you got to remember that as, as much as some of them don't understand about what the scripture was pointing to. I think some of them do understand and they just want to, for whatever reason, they don't want to give up their uh, traditional beliefs. They're holding on. But here's here's the deal. When he referenced Joseph, there are things that they would probably think about that the average person wouldn't. Now, I just happened to go through the book of Genesis for, I think, a third time 
within the past three years. And there's things I notice about Joseph that I did not notice before. And in the context of what Stephen is saying, these are things that they probably would have noticed. One, Joseph was unlike the rest of his brothers. This was a dude who clearly had a reverence for God that the rest of his brothers did not seem to have. Two, Joseph was a man who just walked upright and served God. Three, his brothers did him wrong for no good reason. Only, but the only reason they had a problem with him is his father loved him, recognized that, yo, this, my son Joseph, he walks upright. And Joseph was always reporting back to his father the things that the rest of his brothers were doing. They did not like that. They sold him off into slavery. They wanted to kill him. Judah came to his aid and was like, ah, not so we can't kill him. Let's not do that. You know, uh, otherwise they would have. They sold him into slavery. And for them, they meant evil. To, they, they, did, they did this thing out of evil. But what did Joseph tell them when their father died and, and they were worried that he was going to judge? He was like, brothers, like he cried and he was like, yo, I mean, you no harm. Yeah, you did this thing and you meant evil to me. But God delivered you out of famine in the thing you did to me that was meant for evil. God used that situation to deliver you out of famine. Now, here's what I think. I think. These people at this point are starting to make the connections that Stephen is making. They crucified the Lord Jesus Christ. They had evil intent, but this is the sacrifice God used to deal with the sin of the world. Now, they may not have, in my humble opinion, like I said, this is just my humble opinion. I'm not making this a matter of dogma. I think at some point in this conversation, they they start to make these connections, because if you look at like, so I read I would read the, the, the book of Acts chapter seven all the way through with that in mind. Think about, OK, why? Why did why did uh, Stephen go back to the beginning? Why, why did he start there? Why is he breaking all of these things down the way in which he's breaking them down? Now, initially, when I looked at this, it seemed arbitrary. It seemed like, yo, why is he doing this? This almost this almost doesn't make sense. But as you read through the whole account and you start to realize how these things connect and then him eventually from the point he started getting to the Lord Jesus Christ, you realize, oh, man, he just walked them through the entire a plan God laid out for salvation. He walked them through how this was always the plan. It was the same back then as it is now. And he also walked them through and eventually Lord willing, we'll get to that. How look your fathers killed. The prophets did not want to hear what the prophets had to say. You are doing the same exact thing. This is the same thing the Lord Jesus Christ pointed out to the Pharisees and the scribes, I believe, in Matthew chapter 23 and 24. And they were they were angry because he was showing them like you think you're better than your fathers and you for, and you forget the same thing they did. 
Like you rest on them so much. And the same thing they did, you're doing the same thing. They crucified, they killed the prophets in brutal fashions and they didn't listen. And now you're committing the same exact sin. Here is the, the manifestation. God manifest in flesh all of the things that were foretold in the Old Testament culminated. You're seeing the things that the prophets wish they could see and hear. And you're rejecting this message the same way the prophets rejected or, or your forefathers rejected the prophets. You're doing the exact same thing. And I'll be honest with you. The same thing happens today. We see what the Bible says. We, we read it ourselves and it's like, ah, well, you know, I don't know. And you try to weasel your way around. Ah, well, if you look at the Pharisees did the same thing. <laughs> the forefathers before that did the same thing. There's nothing new under the sun. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people. <laughs>